0: Hang on to your bootstraps. It's episode 102 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. And today I'm speaking with someone who knows how to make men cry. Curious? I am.
1: Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host... Jason Lavoie.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 102nd episode of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. I'm Jason Lavoy, AKA the Divorce Resource Guy. And today, my guest is somebody who works with both men and women. Um, her name is Leanne Kanzler. She's a psychologist, coach, author, and speaker, business owner, second time wife, and mother. Anything else, Leanne? Now, she's passionate about helping people go from breakup to breakthrough, which is great. Um, It means discovering your sense of self and what you want for you. Self-empowerment is the key to happy relationships and great boundaries. And Leanne knows that by helping both men and women, there is a flow-on effect where the children and the extended family also benefit, which is awesome. So that's why I wanted her on the show. So let me talk and let you listen to Leanne Kanzler. Leanne, welcome to the show. How are you today?
1: I'm excellent, Jason. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. So, for those who don't know you, um, I like to start off uh, giving you an opportunity just to talk a little bit about your background, um, but more than a resume. You know how how you kind of got to this point in your life. You know what path did you take? Um, go go. Feel free to go there. So, go at it.
1: Great, thank you. Well, uh, first of all, my accent is Sydney, Australia. Um, so it's it's always fun talking to people across the world. And I am a psychologist and divorce coach. And the way I got here was through my marriage, actually. So I uh, met my first husband when I was just 17 and got married when I was only 20. He was 22. So we were basically two kids who had no idea how to do relationship and it became a very controlling relationship where he controlled and I submitted, and uh, it was very toxic, and I really lost my sense of self in that relationship. We stayed together until I was 38 when, by that point, I had finally realized that I could not do this relationship anymore. I was having suicidal thoughts. I was crying. I was... You know, yelling I was just this person that I was who am I I really hate who I have become and I actually started uh, my degree when I was 30 I had a one-year-old son at that point and he uh, my husband used to say to me all the time there's something wrong with you all of our relationship problems are your fault when are you going to go and do something about it and uh, he would never, ever, ever take responsibility for any of his behaviors.
0: That sounds vaguely yeah. familiar.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of your listeners will go, yeah, been there. Um, unfortunately. So I I was a little bit in the, not a little bit. I was a lot in the blame game as well. It's all his fault. Not my fault. I, I'm perfect. You know, the only reason I'm like I am is because of you sort of thing. But I went to see a psychologist and after one session, I came home and I said, I hate my life. That's why I'm so sad. I'm going back to university Um, because I I left uni first year in so I could get married. Um, Yes. And that led me to do psychology. And at the end of that degree, I felt like there was still something missing. And that led me to start doing workshops and personal development and fall into coaching and um, then I realized that yeah I love this mix of coaching and psychology and I started focusing on divorce coaching because I know what it's like to be in a awful marriage whether it be a long time or a short time a toxic abusive marriage and I know what it's like to make that very hard decision to get out and then the struggles of life afterwards and I I started focusing on working with men because I know a lot of female coaches only work with women, and a lot of men really need help. And then I missed working with women, so I added women to the mix as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure they missed you too. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, but I, I like the fact that you you decided to first focus on men because uh, more and more recently I've had other people on my show who also focus and work with men, and because men. I think as a a group they they tend to not get so much attention when it comes to divorce. Um or it, that's what it seems like it seems like a lot of the experts um I speak with anyway focus on women. Um uh, most of my clients as a divorce coach myself are women and mm-hmm. but but men and it's interesting because you know it's it's 50/50 there, there's Usually, uh, one side's a man, one side's a woman. Of course, yeah. now that's um, you know becoming more and more less common. Um, but just from a traditional point of view, and you know, it, it seems like one side always gets neglected. And and I think that from my experience, it's because men, I guess, as a they just find it harder to seek out that help. Um, you know, they don't want to seem vulnerable and. Um, so they don't want to talk about it as much, but yet, you know, for the people who run men, men groups and, and people who work with men like yourself, um, men want to open up and and they want to, and they want that support. Um, so it's interesting to me that, you know, yet they crave it, but yet it's almost hard to find. So
1: I agree.
0: So talk to me about how you, how do you most commonly work with men uh, when it comes to divorce?
1: Usually one-on-one. So I I do have a a program as well, an online program that people do, but I find the men really enjoy the one-on-one stuff because they learn so much. They learn how to open up about their feelings. They learn to actually talk. They are given permission to cry. They can run through what's going on for them and be heard. Where women, you know, they do all that with their girlfriends and their therapists and their coach, and they 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 talk to anyone and everyone about their stuff, whereas men tend to keep a lot of that to themselves for fear of being judged or criticised or uh, not believed. And uh, I think in the states it's the same as in Australia. A lot of guys aren't believed when it comes to traumatic experiences in their relationship. It's kind of put back on them that like oh it must be something the man's done that's made that happen when it comes to abuse so you know men are are abused in relationship as well Mm. and I think it's really important to acknowledge that that men are traumatized in relationship as well and they need that space and it is a lot harder for men to reach out I definitely get uh, more female clients even though I really wanted to focus on men as soon as I opened up my door to female clients within like a week I had a couple of women reach out to me and it took months for me to get my first male client. Um, And it was fortunately that I had my psychology business as well. So I didn't panic about that, but it was like, "Mm, this is really interesting. It's really hard to reach out to men and let them know that there's help out there.
0: Um, When you started working with men, did you ever ask them, you know, what were the challenges or obstacles that you felt that, you know, in in trying to reach out and and look for somebody like yourself for help. Did they ever Mm. express that to you?
1: A little bit, you know, some of them, if you're thinking most of them came through referrals. So one of them, his adult daughter found me and took her like six months to convince him to come and see me. (laughs) Um, A few of them have been referred to by um, their solicitor or lawyer others from a friend of a friend sort of thing. So right. most guys actually come to me from referrals rather than being sought out, which is really interesting, isn't it?
0: It yes. is, it, it, because there's a, a layer of trust there, I guess, already coming from a referral that you know they feel comfortable in, in approaching you, right? Mm. Uh, because yes. somebody else has already kind of opened that door on their behalf.
1: Yeah, and giving them permission to actually say, you know what, I think you would really benefit from this, rather than them actually thinking to themselves. Maybe they do think I need help, but they don't know who to go to or how to find someone. So someone else saying, you know what, I know this person, I think they can help you out, why don't you contact them and have a chat and see if you're a good fit. And and that kind of breaks the ice and, and we talk and then, you know, that happens. And you probably, I mean, do you find the same thing when it comes to men reaching out to you?
0: I, I do. I I find that there, you know, there's more um, hesitancy at first um, mm-hmm. or skepticism. Yes. Um, and you know, it's not until after you start engaging them, and you know, they realize, oh, this isn't so bad, and in fact, mm-hmm. this is pretty good. <laughs> you know, getting yes. this getting this type of help. um, you know, it's one of those things like coaching. You don't realize how valuable it can be until you really start doing it, right? I, yeah. It, it's in a way, it's a it's a hard sell for people because what we deliver are intangibles. Um, we're not really, you know, giving return on investment or you know saying, right, your your portfolio is going to grow ten percent after working with me for six months. No, no, it's it's like trust me, this is going to be good for you.
1: <laughs> I know. Yes. I'm going to help you find yourself and be happy and get through this process. I'm going to support you. And then they're like, okay. Um, and women tend to really go, yes, yes, yes. This is exactly what I need. And men are like, mm, all right, let's, let's give it a go.
0: Right. Right. It's like buying a, it's like buying a car or something and you don't trust the the, the salesman. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, but in- the men that I work with always get really good results like they dive in they're 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 like all in they don't come and just talk about the you know the shit of the day they they just get in there and they really go for what they need and I love that about working with men it's always very focused um to the point and they allow themselves to drop down into their emotion with that support they surprise themselves. You know, I've had many of guys say, Oh my God, I've never, I haven't cried since I was six years old. And that was so good. Um, and they were terrified of the whole concept, but once it happens and they release all that emotion, it's like, wow.
0: So let's talk about that. Let's get, let's get into a little of the psychological aspect. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Because there is a lot of psychology when it comes to coaching. Um, and I feel like we wear, we're, we're, two different kind of hats and I'm not a mm-hmm. licensed psychologist, uh but I play one on TV. <laughs> the how do you get how do you get men to cry? How do you get anybody to cry?
1: It happens all the time. Um, I think I have a lot of empathy for my clients, and I can often see where they're coming from. and i I ask the right questions. Really, that's all it's about. It's about really understanding where they're coming from and asking the right questions. and going slow so if a person can connect to their pain whether it be their childhood pain or the pain in their relationship and they're actually seen and heard it opens up the floodgates it opens up your heart and it's like oh my god wow this is actually how i feel this is everything that i have stuffed all the way down to my toes and I'm never going to look at it. And somebody has given me permission to be brutally honest with myself. And I think that is such a gift, like, as the therapist or coach, I when that happens, I just feel so um, connected to that person and honored, honored is the word, like that they trust me enough to allow that to happen is a magnificent thing.
0: Yeah, no, that is a, a, a huge sign of I guess, comfort, uh, the comfort level somebody has when they are able to express themselves and open up like that in front of you. Um, So, but what is it? Do you go back and visit, spend a lot of time, you know, in really like traditional psychotherapy, going back into somebody's childhood to figure out, you know, how they got into the relationship or why they feel the way they feel. Do you spend a lot of time doing that type or it sounds like it?
1: Yeah, I do a bit of both. Uh, I can't help myself. <laughs> you know, it's really hard to, to not, when you know these beautiful techniques that really make a difference. Uh, as an example, I had a, a person, this has happened with both men and women. So I'm going to speak very generally and say they, because it it's the same, sure. who really struggled letting go of their partner, even though their partner was quite abusive. And they knew that they couldn't go back, but they went back and broke up went back broke up and so we did some work on this and I like to get into the person's body so I ask them where do they feel it often it's in the chest or the throat or the gut sometimes their head and then I get them to really express how they feel in their body and I ask them what does that remind them of Sometimes it's an adult thing, but usually it's, oh, God, I just have this memory of when I was six years old and my dad left or my mum did this or whatever, and I felt so lonely. And that sense of loneliness and I need to be with someone is triggered from their childhood stuff. And consciously, we don't know that. But when you start to really sit with it and feel into it, it takes you right back to that little child, and then I do a little bit of inner child work where the adult you kind of re-parents that little child and comforts them and loves them and tells them that it's not their fault and understands them. And when they finish that process, they're like, oh, my God, okay, this is why I have such an unhealthy attachment to my ex-partner. Mm. This is why I feel like I can never be alone or I can't handle myself uh, you know, in my own space, I always want to be with someone, or or whatever it is. So, going back to that root cause creates a huge shift, and I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I really no. love
0: it. It's it's great to see the um, what do you call it? The the not the path, but you know the path. But somebody yeah. when they first start with you, and then you know the journey that they take emotionally. Um, And then when they, you know, to get to their end goal, hopefully, right, that journey is that arc, right? It's, it's, it's very satisfying as a coach to, to see people do that. I know that's, that's what moves me. So when you work with somebody as a coach, um, what is your, what is your goal with them? Is, Is it, you know, do you define that early on? Or is it something that kind of appears, you know, during the process?
1: Uh, I kind of work with them on what their goal is. So sometimes there's a lot of, because I'm kind of like an emotional coach, I guess, walking them through their their issues with their ex-partner or themselves in moving on. But we also do like normal kind of coachy stuff where we look at, well, what do you want in the next 12 months of your life? What are you going to do to get there? What steps are you going to take? So we do all of that as well. Um, And I look at... What's blocking them? What's stopping them from taking those steps now? What support do they need? Um, other than me, even, do they need to um, get a, a, a solicitor if they haven't already? Do they need a financial planner? Do they need a naturopath? Or do they need to get some medical stuff sorted? Because um, often people neglect all those aspects of themselves when they're so distressed. Um, so I, I really like to look at the big picture.
0: Do you work with most of your clients? Do you work with them in like pre-divorce stage or are they you know ready to get divorced or in the or already started the process?
1: A bit of both actually. Sometimes it's um, just in the separation stage where one of them has left the home, sometimes they're still in the same home right and, and they just don't know don't know what to do. Um, they're afraid of what's going to happen next. Um, they're scared they're going to take back their ex-partner even though they know they can't for their own sanity. Uh, I've had some people who have been separated for years, like 10 years, one fellow, and he was still very much stuck in the past and could not move on, hadn't dated, hadn't thought about it, was still very angry about what had happened. 10 years Um, now. Yeah, very, very, very unwell because he had just drank and ate himself into this place of stuckness mm. um, and it didn't take long for him to actually start taking action like pretty much immediately he was swimming and stopped drinking and it was like right okay I can do this and I was like all right this is awesome um, so sometimes you just need someone to really offload to and someone to really coach you through that stuckness so yeah. it really varies
0: yeah no that that that's really great what would what do you think are some of the biggest obstacles or the most common challenges that you find people that you work with um, I guess we'll stick with men, you know face and, and that you help them work through when it comes to divorce?
1: Mm, for men, one of the biggest things is the children. Mm. Um, they're still. There's... I have to be careful of my wording here. No, just say it. It really bothers me. There's still too many women out there who think they own the children and that they deserve to have the children and they really disrespect the father in the relationship. And it's so important and it drives me crazy. Excuse me. Because to a child, the mother and the father is equally important and a child needs their father. And when women um, tell tell kids and courts, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there who do false accusations so that they can have their children or they say, well, no, you're not getting 50% or you'll be lucky if you see the kids again, all this sort of stuff. And right. I know men do that as well, right? I know this happens both ways. But more often it happens with men and men have to fight to see their children and that is just so wrong, because it damages the children. It actually damages the relationship with the child and the mother because they can see what's going on when they're a bit older. It damages the father-child relationship and it absolutely damages the father and his mental health. And I've worked with a lot of men who have been alienated, falsely accused. Um, I had one guy who basically had a number one sort of buzz cut. He purposely grew his hair and took himself off to get drug tested every single week off his own accord because she was accusing him of using drugs, and that stopped him from seeing his children. Oh my and god!
0: He- yeah, I, I, when I practice as a, a divorce attorney myself here, um, I would hate it when I saw anybody trying to use the children as a, a weapon. Um, so you know, and and especially in the domestic violence arena. You know, we have a very strong laws for domestic violence um, and for good reason. But when sometimes people use them as a weapon, as opposed to a shield for which they're intended, um, mm. you know, it could be very damaging um, um, and, and hard for that parent who it's being used against to yeah. to dig out of. And so, yeah, I, I hated seeing that. It, that's not what that's not what it was intended for. And the children at the end of the day are the ones who suffer the most.
1: Oh for sure and you know one of the reasons I chose to work with men was because of uh, the suicide rate in men and I did a little bit of research and three quarters of all suicides pretty much around the world are men. Really? Yeah so in the states oh my god the suicide rate in the states is insane. Um, I know the population is a lot bigger than Australia too but there's a a lot of guys that take their own lives in America, something like 38,000 men a year. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, And after a separation, when someone is not allowed to see their children, it's absolutely devastating. And especially when there's no real good reason. So if, if the dad is, you know, working and he's he's got no major concerns i mean we all have issues but if there's no reason that you can't see your child and there's being lies and court and hundreds of thousands of dollars and delay 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 um that can be really devastating to somebody especially if they're too scared to ask for help and they think that what's it going to do anyway
0: right you know I. It- I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that sense of uh, hopelessness, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody who's been through divorce and who's uh, been through the courts in some way, um, mm-hmm. you know, nobody has a good experience, really, right? The courts, at least here, I don't know how they are in Australia, but the, the court system here is, is I'll say, not perfect, um, and and nobody um, enjoys going through that process. It's long. It's expensive. Um, And nothing really good comes out of it, having uh, another person, whether it's a judge or somebody else, you know, try to make decisions for your life and your children, right? Um, And so um, that sense, people feel like uh, that have that sense of apathy, though, about it, like, well, what's the point of fighting? Or what's the point of, uh, you know, doing anything, which is unfortunate and sad, because there's a time and a place to fight. Um, and, and I always tell that to people, you know, usually it's always kind of like a risk, uh, benefit analysis at the end, you know, deciding what, what's worth fighting for and what's worth not. Um, yeah. but sometimes you got to fight and, That's and true. right. And, but, and, and trying to, and seeing that apathy and that hopelessness in somebody that really hurts me as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: Agreed. And, you know, when I have clients like that, whether it be male or female, I, I kind of use what you just said that your children are worth fighting for and your children are worth staying alive for. And this is your opportunity now to grow yourself as an individual, whether you're a mum or dad, and be the best version of you that you can possibly be so that when the time comes that your kids get to see you again, you are going to be amazing and um, they're going to love being with you rather than this person who is uh, depressed and anxious and drinking and resentful and all of that sort of stuff. And I have seen many times people rebuild their relationship once they started rebuilding themselves. So, you know, they almost put their their children in a a box over here for now, like, okay, I know my court's not for six months. I'm not going to be able to speak to my child or see them for six months. So I'm going to put a different hat on and I'm going to work on myself in that time. And that, that creates a very different energy. So when they finally do get to court, it it actually shifts things.
0: Sure. And sure.
1: they cope with that. And, and that's really good.
0: Th- that's right. Uh, and, you know, a situation like that is a good opportunity to, to show the court. If, if somebody is painting uh, a certain picture of you to show the, Court that and that's not me and that's not accurate at all yeah
1: yes yeah yeah or even okay fine that was me I admit to that but it's not me anymore I've right. learned I've learned from this and my children are the most important thing to me I've done what it takes and uh, I'm ready willing and able to be a parent again
0: absolutely people can change uh, and and so you you have to show that pattern of of behavior right absolutely. what be, before we wrap up here what would be your one or two biggest tips that you can give, uh, to somebody who, you know, is going through a tough time and, you know, maybe it's facing divorce or, you know, just got served with papers, um, about how, about what to do and, and, and how to, you know, kind of think about moving forward. What, what would you advise?
1: Mm, so many things. Of course, the first one is always seek support. Um, And that support could be your friends or family, but be very, very careful who Mm. you seek support from because friends and family can be quite biased and they can say really negative things about your ex that is just unhelpful because that can rev you up and make you really angry and all of that. And that's not helpful in the long long run for you. So be mindful who you talk to. Are they uh, really helping you or are they keeping you stuck? And sometimes it takes a good deal of self-reflection to ask, hmm, are my friends actually helping me? They make me feel good in the moment, but in the long run, is it helpful? Uh, I always say that friends that want to take you out and get you wasted every weekend are not helpful. <laughs> That's also going to keep you stuck. True. And, uh, also, take some time out for yourself to really reflect on what you actually want in your separation. More often than not, and be interested to know if you get this as well. I ask people, What do you want in your separation? And they say, I don't know. Like, yes. Well, you can't go to your lawyer or attorney with, I don't know. It's going to cost you a load of money to figure that out. Yes. So, yeah. you know, I'm not going to charge anywhere near what they're going to charge. And your lawyer or attorney is not your counselor or your therapist or your coach. They're going to charge you anywhere in Australia from $300 to $600 an hour. Um, and it's not their job. So they don't know how to do that well. They, they're going to be very blunt and to the point. But it's up to you as the client to, to know what you want. So, you know, that's when talking to a, a, a good friend or a, ther- a therapist or a coach can help you figure that out so that you are not giving it all away to keep the peace, So many people want to do that sure, or wanting it all because you're so fucking pissed off. Excuse the language. Um, I do swear a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it
0: took you only half an hour.
1: I know I've been holding back. Um, so yeah, there's somewhere in the middle.
0: Yeah. You know, and and you mentioned friends, good friends and family, and they do play a role, but I always stress, you know, objective professionals, um, friends and family are not objective right they're subjective and and they're going to be on your side as they should if they're yes. good friends and and family um but what you need is objective advice and and you know people like as a coach i always say i give you the good the bad and the ugly right yes. um because what's the point of sugarcoating things you're not going to really help somebody by doing that and wow. and so um yeah you, you just got to be wary about who you're talking to uh for what reason Uh, and just understand you know that if you're talking to a friend or family member they're coming from a different place a good place probably but yeah right maybe not be uh the most objective which is what you need
1: that's right if they challenge you gently then that's a beautiful thing if they just agree with you on everything you say that's not good
0: (laughs) no no that's what we call a yes person right we don't need that um well, Leanne, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for, for being on the show. I, I really love talking with you and uh, hopefully everybody listening got a lot of golden nuggets out of this. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, on my website. So uh, dot com, or um, on Instagram. I just started TikTok. Oh boy. Yeah. It's actually kind of fun, but I do not post a lot, right? I'm not one of these social media people that post every day. I post when I feel like it. I know it's not great, whatever. Um, they can send me an email. Um, so yeah, which is just Leanne at LeanneCancellor.com. Um, I'm happy to to talk to anyone, um, help you out.
0: That's great. And do you work, I know you're in Australia, um, but do you work with people all over the world in the States?
1: Yes. Yes. I've had people reach out to me from, um, Dubai and India and um, and yeah. So it's quite interesting. Um, and I don't always work with them obviously, but sometimes I just send them a little tip or, um, you know, just reach out and it's quite nice. I I like that because, um, you know, they're in very different spaces and I love learning a lot about different cultures and it's really interesting, but yes, I've spoken to a few people in America and, um, Yeah, I've learned a lot from speaking to Americans. There's a very different um, legal processes over there than than here. However, I mostly focus on the emotions and getting you through. So none of that really matters.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what's so great is that um, you could be across the world and with technology and Zoom today that it's easy peasy, just like we're doing right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. You might as well be my next door neighbor right now. <laughs> we could be in the same room. <laughs> we could be. <laughs>
0: um, well, Leanne, thanks again so much. You were a great guest and I I very much appreciate having you on.
1: Oh, I loved being here. Thanks so much. All
0: right. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation I had with Leanne. And, you know, it's always important, you know, divorce, I always preach is a business transaction, but the emotions are what get in the way and how we deal with those emotions And having both sides, no matter which side you're on, understanding the other's perspective and where their emotions come into play, that can only help you. So I hope you enjoyed that. If you are looking for some coaching for your divorce, please contact me, Jason, at jasonlavoy.com. My website, jasonlavoy.com. I offer uh, now small group coaching uh, packages and one-on-one coaching when available. Um, I only take uh, select clients at a time. So feel free to contact me. I'll be happy to get on a call with you and see even if I can help and and help lead you in the right direction. For now, I'm just going to ask you to be strong, act confident, stay positive. This is Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, signing off till next time. (laughs)